Let's start the show. This is going to be the slowest she ever moves. That looks fast. I should look fast. Well, she lean. She not built like you. She built more for speed like me. You know what I'm saying? Like you. You're built like a Puerto Rican grandma. I am not built like a Puerto Rican grandma. Look at your grandma. booty. What? And how you walk? I don't walk like anything. Hello. Hey, how you doing? What's going I'm good. on? How are y'all? Pretty good. We were, we were having an argument. <laughs> Channing said that I'm built like a Puerto Rican grandmother. Uh, the leg being, bold, he got a little booty perched up. He walked funny. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. We are extremely excited to have you. I know that this is a little... Who is that? Is that a, do you have a house phone, Denise? I have to. You have a house phone? They got methane gas alarms. You have to put Tyson methane so we don't have to blow up. Hello. Don't, don't be worried. We should put that on the show. That's the first time this has ever happened on the show. Because nobody else has a house phone. That's a methane gas phone. Hold up. Let me listen. Take a stomach cap, pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On a mission, got me up. No one me, I got the key. Only vision I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On a mission, got me up. Welcome to the pivot. We have Channing, Freddie T. I'm RC. A thing move is here. We get to call her Ting. The rest of the time, Chan? Yes, is that yes. what you cleared that before she, the show? I saw that on Twitter. That's the nickname, Ting. Ting is the new nickname. That is gotcha. correct. It's a new nickname? Yeah. I honestly only started calling myself or allowing people to call me this. Freshman year of college. So that was like two years ago. My little brother used to call me Ting Ting or a Ting Ting Tinga as a nickname for whatever reason. And I was like, oh, okay. Ting kind of sounds cool. So everyone gets my first name messed up. So I need something short, sweet, and simple that literally everyone can easily pronounce. Yeah, so. well, I love that. And then it allows people to say your name extremely quickly, much like the way that you run. But the story starts far before world championships, far before Texas A&M Olympic championships. You were born a year after your parents immigrated from Sudan. So just tell us a little bit about what your parents and the things that they've sacrificed and done to get you and your six siblings to this point means to you? 100%. Well, my family got here 2001, so literally one year before I was born, like you said. And we are, we like to say South Sudanese now because about eight years ago, finally gained their independence. Uh, so that's kind of what we represent. But I don't know, I feel like I really never really understood how much they sacrificed and how much how how hard they worked for all six of my siblings, including me as well, uh, just to get us to where we are at this point. You know, when you when you're younger, you kind of just go through the motions. But I think as I've gotten older, gained knowledge, and then look back or became an adult, a young adult, my own self, I realized like, okay, this is a lot of work, <laughs> and yeah. I can only imagine my parents doing it with kids and then coming from a whole different country starting new, learning English, uh, getting new jobs, and just kind of living the American life, which they had no knowledge about at all. So, I mean, I'm just super blessed to have them as parents, and they definitely did their thing with growing me up, if I could say that. Yeah, just growing me up. <laughs> growing me up and allowing me to become the young adult that I am today. Well, you know, as we say uh, in Louisiana, they raise you right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> and the culture, South Sudanese, mm -hmm. that culture that you're you're really the first generation 
exactly. from, from, from America, like the pride you have in that. And then as you compete, you know, you compete for America, <laughs> but your roots are really, your family, everything is South uh, Sudan. Like, so what does it mean to you first? And then is that ever a thought that comes up to you in your mind? It definitely is. The first year I was allowed to run on Team USA was 2018, I believe. I was like 16. I ran for the Youth Olympic Games. And the year prior, like before that, I was kind of thinking like, oh, okay, what would be a difference if I ran for South Sudan versus running for US? So there's always that question in my mind. I think now being that the US definitely has a ton of opportunities for for Americans uh, versus there in South Sudan back at home, uh, they're still a growing country. There's not much that they have there. Uh, it takes a lot more work just to build up, especially in a position that I'm in. I wouldn't have as much that I would need to kind of be where I'm at today. So I'm super blessed and thankful that I was able to get the opportunity to run for Team USA, but it's definitely something I hold close to my heart because I know the struggle of that. And I know that, I know how much pride my parents have of being South Sudanese people. So uh, it's just nice to know that that is still part of my heritage. It's part of my my culture and just part of me. Uh, I definitely make sure that I, when I am out there running for Team USA, I'm also representing those who want to be in the position that I'm in as well. How often do you think of your parents' sacrifice to make the journey to, to migrate here to the U.S.? I think it's definitely in the harder times because that's when you're sitting there and thinking like, oh my gosh, like what's happening right now? I'm definitely not super motivated. I, I'm kind of falling a little short a little bit. And I think in those moments you look back and you question or you just realize what even brought you here in the, in, in the first place. Like, how did you get in the position that you're in? And it wasn't just for me, you know, being born. No, my parents uh, raised me. They... They taught me lessons. They put me in positions where I could grow, both in sport and out of sport as well, to where I could kind of gain, um, I guess, the audience and also just people and opportunities around me to just be better and to once again get in the position that I am. I mean, it, it's a day-to-day -day thing. And I know that they've definitely been working hard from the moment I was born to get me to this position. You said something, you said sometimes when um. Uh, not as motivated. Mm -hmm. In looking over your story, you chose Texas A&M and Coach Pat Henry at the time, which I went to LSU, <laughs> they went to Florida. Why you'd make that decision, we'll talk about that later, but then we would have received you so well in Baton Rouge. We love winning championships in track and field, but when you make that decision and you have the pandemic, you said you, it taught you that you truly were meant to be here. You were truly meant to be on the track. Explain a little bit of how you came to realize that. Yeah, before I start, let's just say LSU did recruit me heavily. And, uh, you know, but gig them always, Aggies, we're, we're the place to be. <laughs> Seems to have worked out for you. Seems Definitely. to have worked out. Man, she would have been fast anyway. Yeah. Could have went to Colgate I'm and she was going to fly. Come on, <laughs> that's crazy. I think just growing up and doing the sport, I've definitely been an outsider of it. I never really had that opportunity to be part of a team until the past two years when I was okay. at Texas A&M. And I knew after high school and COVID hit, I was, I was down bad. I didn't really want to run track anymore. And I think it's because it kind of got 
not fun anymore because I was training by myself. I was running in all these big meets on my on my own. I was running with professionals when I was like 17, 16. So it was a lot of pressure that was going on me. And when that time came, COVID, I think everyone had a moment to just rethink, you know, every part of their life, which was kind of good and bad. And I got to a point where I thought, this might not be my calling, you know? I may oh. not need to run track and field. I would love to just go get a regular job and, you know, see where life takes me then. But after go going through the recruiting process, I decided to let God guide my life. And <laughs> that was literally the moment where I realized, okay, this is where I'm really supposed to be at. You know, track and field has made me so happy through the years. It has gained me so many opportunities to meet new people, travel in new places. And I don't know what this next year at college is gonna bring me, but I know the one thing that I've been missing out on was an environment of community. And I know A&M is gonna bring me community. So I, once I figured that out and I um, found myself talking to coaches and going on a visit and seeing once again that that environment was what I needed, I definitely was like, okay, let's just take the risk. Let's go see what happens. And I don't know how long it's gonna take me to do great things, but I'm going to take as long as it takes because I'm committed to being here. Culturally, what is it like? You <laughs> are born of South Sudanese culture and background, ethnicity, and then you grow up in New Jersey and you decide to go to Texas A&M. <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a different place. The culture there is so focused on that school. It's oil money. It's just a, a very different vibe. How was that adjustment for you? I would say it was pretty easy. Being that I am South Sudanese or of South Sudanese heritage, uh, you're never fitting in anywhere. You know, you don't really see a ton of South Sudanese people just walking down the streets. You know, if you, if I am to see someone, I'm like, oh my God, you're South Sudanese. Like, yeah. I, I can see it. You yeah. know, we see each other. So I don't think there was ever a time where I really felt like, oh, okay, I'm here, I'm included. So going to college wasn't that hard of a decision because when I did go on the recruit, when I did go to an official visit, I felt most home on the track and I felt like the team was so welcoming to me. They wanted me to be there and I just had a group of people to really resonate with and to just be together with and do all these things together, travel together, compete together, train every single day together, just be on the same page with. And that's when I felt included. Uh, it's definitely a huge school, but <laughs> definitely the team brought everything I needed to be together and just make me feel awesome. at home. I've had this in the past where if you feel out of place, mm -hmm. as a, even racially as a black man, if I'm in a room where I'm like, hmm, I don't know if I'm invited in yeah. this room, I almost get a pass so I feel more accepted because of sports. Yeah. And for you to come from college Jersey station. and go to College <laughs> Station <laughs> yeah, as a young black woman, yeah. it would have, you know, like, it's a great question because I was like, damn, this is, you know, I really want to know the answer. But did the track kind of give you that shield of, they know why I'm here. Like, mm. so, you know what I'm saying? Did, yeah. did, you, did, you feel, did you feel that in college and just other places in life? Definitely. I can 100% say that track and field has brought me into so many places and have made me feel included in so many ways just because sports is huge, not only in the U.S., but globally. So if you do find a place or you are on a road to develop, get better, grow, and you find people that are in that area with you, of course, 100%, you're definitely gonna feel at home. And I can definitely say 
I knew nothing about Texas A&M. So being that I had somewhere to be, I had a group that was for me. It definitely made me feel so included, so safe and just important, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Do you realize the, the magnitude of what you've done in the sport of track and field? I mean, because we, we play football and if you're going to watch a sport, I would think that track would be the one sport that obviously the entire world watches because it's, it is what it is. It's running, it's throwing, jumping, it's all of that, right? Football, our stuff is a bit more complicated. Mm -hmm. So you don't, we don't tend to have as many of those eyes on us because people don't necessarily understand the game, but you're running in the, in the, the history of track and field and the names and the legends and what you're doing at such a young age. Do you even <laughs> grasp that? I don't. As much as I really don't think I have yet, there are moments where I just randomly, you know, go on the internet and go look up myself just just to see, you know, <laughs> what's happening. Like, I don't know, like, I, I just want to see what other people see because I'm so humble. I mean, I don't really think about all the things I've done because I'm always thinking about the next thing, which is a good and bad thing because... You don't always want to be reaching so far and not appreciate what you have done and what you have in the moment. But I would say in track, there's always something else to do because mm. there's always a faster time you can run. There's always a longer longer meter you can go. Uh, so it's kind of hard just to not reach for that next goal. But when I do take time to just look back and see what other people see, I am definitely 100% proud of it. It's, it's still surreal. I can't believe it, but... Uh, just looking back, I I don't know. <laughs> it, I feel like everything really just happened so fast I, that I never really have a chance to digest all of it, especially because in track right now, we're not really having an off time or an off year until 2027. So it's kind of hard, but I do try to take time to look back and appreciate all the work I put in. What do you see, which is most important? I just see my story and just my story individually because through the years, there's probably three moments where I really was like, I don't even know if I want to do this. And looking back at those times and realizing that those were moments that could have broken it all, yet I decided to keep going. I decided to persevere for whatever reason. I don't know why I did it, but there, you know, I decided to keep going. And so I just see the hard work that I put in and the commitment that I had and just thinking about the way it all could have been different if I did not decide to make those decisions that I've made in the moment, whether I was, you know, tired of running because it wasn't fun or, you know, I was bored of not having friends or I wanted to do something else. I mean, I just see the commitment that I put into it. And that also helps me go further in, in what I'm doing when it comes to training, when it comes to trying to make new goals. So just... Thinking about the, the growth that I had, it's definitely what I see. I think when you look at the commitment that it takes to excel or to be great, part of that is eliminating distractions. And then eliminating distractions, you're not going to have the parties. You're not going to have the outings. You're not going to have a ton of friends because a ton of friends and other people are easily accepting mm -hmm. mediocrity. You weren't. And I think that is, that's a lonely place. When they say it's lonely at the top, that's true, right? Because everyone's chasing. But for you, so much of this does come at such a young age, whether it's NCs, world championships, 
Olympic championships. And now you go like you get to go back to class. <laughs> right. And you you chose this school and you said, you know, you learned that's really where you want it to be. How has life changed for you if it's changed at all? Like I said, I I feel like the main reason why I haven't gotten a chance to really just digest the two major accomplishments that I've made in the past two years is because life has changed so much for me in such a short time period. I went from being a high school student to being now a college student to then being NCAA champion to then being Olympic champion. And then the next year I'm now a world champion. So it's like in a span of two years and I still can't really believe all that has happened in such a short time, but I feel like I've definitely learned who to take with me. I learned Mm. what's important. I learned my priorities in that time because being a college athlete is not like being a professional athlete. You know, you need more. You need to focus on the little things versus you just going out there and just going through the motions, like I kind of explained earlier. And just the past two years have definitely taught me what I need to be successful. Mm. And though a lot has changed, I think it's definitely just grown me as a person, young lady, athlete, on and off the track, because I don't know, there's just, there's a lot that you need to take in account when it comes to being in the position that I'm in, whether that be world champion, Olympic champion, or being a professional athlete, there's just a lot that you have to take in to really stay focused. The pressure of running, and like you're saying, we talk to a lot of boxers, and they always say, yeah. when, you're, when you're undefeated, there's a lot of people waiting for you to lose. So every every race, every fight they win, every race you win, yeah. you get to 13. Yeah. So it's like people now are watching for you to either dominate mm-hmm. or lose, and the pressures of that, I know, I know are there. But I want to get to you being young with the pressure of, because there's a thing moot, mm-hmm. but then there's the business now mm-hmm. of a thing moot. Mm-hmm. How are you? And you're a young woman. We we could all be your father. Like you're what twenty? I'm twenty and a like half and a half. You're so young. <laughs> Only young people use the half. But yeah, but you moved to LA. Now the like you're saying over a year and a half, two year period, you have exactly. publicists, you have sponsorships, you have yeah. all this stuff. How are you dealing with the business of you? I could definitely say that the business part gets so much easier when you have the right people around you. You know, like if I'm out here trying to do it on my own, or I don't have the PRs that I have or the agents that I have, it will not work the same. So I think I've definitely learned what would most likely work best for me. And I know it's been a short period, but in that short period, a lot has happened on and off the track, business side as well. So just learning what works best for me and finding the right people has definitely helped so much in this period. Um, You done made any 20-year-old mistakes with money? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ah, I actually don't think I have besides buying hills for like every event I have to go to that costs a lot of money. But <laughs> other than that, I think I've been pretty responsible. You can have one vice, that's the rule. It's heels for you. 
You get you got money, you can get you a vice. You got money, right? It's definitely how does NIL work with track athletes? I went professional right before it started. So I didn't get a chance to experience it, but I believe you are able to get the endorsement deals for a short period of time or maybe even for the time four-year period that you're in you're supposed to be in college. And you just are allowed to get money and it just comes to you while you're in college. But when you do decide to go professional, it no longer is allowed. So it kind of is like being professional, mm -hmm. but with college eligibility. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, heels for every event. Uh, we were talking to Denise before you got <laughs> here. She said you were sending different outfits and, <laughs> and, and, and you know, just trying to, and I was like, well, tell her, we, I'm gonna have on a hoodie. So, you know, she can't come in, in her Met Gala outfit, but you are a stunning young woman Thank and you're you. tall and you're young. Are there any times where you're starting to think to yourself, well, I can model or I can act or any other things you want to get into outside of track and field? Modeling is 100% in my eyes view. I. I honestly, I don't know if I should say this. I make jokes all the time about me retiring like within the next two years and just like going to walk the runway. But I would love to go walk on the runway, do editorial shoots. I would love to do anything in the fashion world. When I was like maybe 11 or 10, I remember myself walking in the kitchen and doing like a catwalk. That was, it was, it was outrageous, but like it was the best thing. I have been committed to being a model since I was super young. Um, but yes, fashion is 100% in my view. Why can't you do both? Because don't take away from me you whooping other girls' ass <laughs> on the track, okay? Don't you be selfish like that and take that away from me. You know, but so. you can do both. Yeah. I mean, I 100% can. I think that's what we're in the works of trying to, you know, work out right now. But track and field takes a lot of time, you know? We are... It's a 24-hour thing, so it's kind of hard to get away from that. Um, but I would definitely love to... Walk on the runway. And you've mentioned that twice. I thought I thought about it earlier when you said it. You've missed out on a lot because of track. Mm -hmm. And you know that. 100%. You, you said in the past you've thought about, you know, quitting, whatever. Like, the, the knowledge that you know how much you've missed out on of your childhood and your friendships and your summer camps yeah. and your, all that other stuff that you know you missed out on, is, is it worth it now? And was it worth it two years ago yeah. when you weren't who you are? <laughs> I would definitely say it... 100% was worth it. As much as I would have liked to go to summer camps and uh, go hang out with friends whenever I want and sleep over, go have fun on the weekends, it's definitely, it has 100% paid off right now. I remember being in high school, I seen, oh my gosh, this is one of the, one of my greater stories or <laughs> I would always see other people with like Nike shoes, some J's or some like fly outfits. I did not have that because my family did not have too much money. But I was committed. I said to my best friend every single day or whenever I got annoyed with, you know, for whatever reason or just agitated, I would literally tell her, I said, I'm going to be professional and I'm going to be sponsored and I'm going to have all the shoes in the world. Like I'm not going to pay for any of it while y'all are still paying for it. So I definitely committed to that in the past years. And though I didn't have it at the moment, I'm so grateful that I was, I waited and I, I committed to it because right now I am more than blessed is all I can say, you know, just to be in the position that I'm in right now. And you've gotten that sponsorship Nike, what, two years ago? Two years ago. Yeah, 2021. What was that moment like for you? I want to say it was surreal 
And that's only because it's something I've been dreaming of since I was a young girl. Always, of course, Nike is like one of the biggest sports sponsors out there. You know, whenever people think about athletics or just sports in general, they're like, okay, yeah, Nike, I want to be sponsored by Nike. And so that was definitely my dream to be Olympic gold medalist and a professional athlete. Those are the three main things that I wanted. And so just to be able to accomplish it in such, you know, quicker than I actually thought it would happen was definitely... I was so grateful for that moment. You want to trade the Nike for the heels, for the um, runway? I, <laughs> I, um. She does. I'll just, uh, no, you, you know, I, I will say this and I hope it's okay. And I don't mean this. The way you talk about having an opportunity to model mm -hmm. as opposed to the way you talk about track and field two totally different lights in your eyes. Every time we mention modeling or walking the runway, you just light up. Yeah. And you go from this world champion, uh, NC's champion, uh, Olympic champion, to the same little girl that did that catwalk at her house. Yeah. <laughs> and so I don't know, I, I certainly don't want you to stop doing what I truly believe God made you to do, but you have a, a passion for and do not let that die and don't let people kill that off in you because they feel like you owe the world something because 100%. you're blessed to run. 100%. Don't allow them to do that. We did something different, right? So we played football. Yeah. I tell him all the time, he's one of the best I ever played against. He didn't care. But we don't have a way to quantify that. In track and field, there's a way, there's a clock. There are, there are medals, there's a winner. Right? You can have 13 races in a row and win. You are the best in the world. Mm -hmm. How does that sit with you at such a young age? Is there a pressure to continue that? Or do you feel like, okay, I'm here in this position now. I just got to keep doing what I'm doing. I just moved to LA and started a new training group. So this is another step that I can take into being an even better athlete. So having that... I don't, I don't believe I'm done with whatever I'm doing on the track. And so I'm, I see a lot of light that can come with being in this new training group and just, you know, taking it to the next step. So I'm very 100% hopeful for the future, hopeful for the next couple of years when it comes to championships, but there's always going to be pressure. And I didn't really feel the pressure until last year at world championships. And that is because I came off the Olympic year, Olympic gold medalist. Mm -hmm. And so of course they're pouncing that right in everyone's faces. Whenever you hear 800 meters, they're always like, yeah, let's see how the 800 meter American record holder holds this off or does this and does that. And so it's always out there being the defending champion and the person that people are aiming for. Whenever I hit the track, it's, it's definitely it's definitely a lot of pressure. Uh, and last year, I kind of was a little hurt at Worlds. So that added another toll to my kind of mental. But like, I try to remember that at the end of the day, no matter what happens out there, the only person that's going to be affected is me. You know, no one else is out there running for me. No one else is out there putting the work in that I'm putting to try and accomplish this goal. So when the pressure does come, I try to remember that this is my race. This is you know, this is for me. And regardless of what happens, as much as people may be hurt, uh, the only person that's affected is going to be me. So what changed? Because it was interesting. You said that now the people are gunning from you. You're the golden goose. You're the 
Yeah. You're the unicorn the out hunted. there. You're the hunted. And to be at those big meets, everybody from around the world, the best from the world are there. Mm-hmm. Is it a difference to walk around as a contender and now walk around as a champion? Do you get treated different? Like, you know there's jealousy. There's jealousy in everything in life. But was there a switch? Did you see that switch when you got when you got the records? I can definitely say 100%. You know, as a younger athlete or an athlete that's coming from a collegiate and onto the professional, you're kind of still like the rookie. And I would say I didn't start getting treated how... I should have or how I would have liked or how, you know, what's preferred or what was, you know, how it was supposed to be until after I won gold. And I'm like, wow, okay, things are totally different. And it's kind of insane because you have to do this, you know, you have to do such a huge thing and people aren't looking for the, oh, the potential or the, oh yeah, this is going to happen or this possibly can happen. No, they want to see it happen. And then that's when it makes a total change. So I kind of had to live with that until I got to the Olympic gold medalist standard. And, you know, it's crazy to think, but that's literally just how it works in track and field. When you think of track and field and the multitude of American women who have become superstars, you can just go down the list, whether it's Jackie Joyner, Kersey, Flojo, Gail Devers. There's so many people. We had Sonya Richards-Ross on this show, and she talked about some sacrifices she had to make in order to chase her dream. You're training with Bob Kersey now, and he's married uh, to to Jackie Joyner Kersey. When you look at the lineage of women that have represented the United States, who are some of those names or some of those women you look to for inspiration? To be honest, I've never been a huge track and field person of all the long years I've run it. I've never been a person of the game, or I never really looked into all this. But I would say when I did decide the 800 was my event, I 100% looked into or just love Madeline Manning Mims. She was the one and only person that ran the 800 and won gold in the Olympics. And she was black. So I was like, wow, okay, represent. (laughs) I want to do that. That's definitely who I looked into and uh, who I was inspired by because I thought if she could do it, why is no one else able to accomplish this thing? And I think that was my main goal when it came into run into Tokyo. But as you mentioned, Flojo, Jackie Joyner, Gail Deaver, Sonia, all of them incredible athletes. And they all have also had an impact on the sport. And so from that end of it, I also look to those women to be a person or be the next generation of young women athletes to kind of impact the sport and change how people view it. It not just being us running, but who we are as a person and what we bring to the table as well. Every great uh, hero needs a a villain or a, a rival. And you mentioned being a little hurt in the world's last year, but Keely Hodgkinson, I believe I'm, I'm saying it correctly. You know, you, you guys, like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's nip and tuck. And so when you think about her and how you both are for the near future going to bring the best out of each other, how do, how do track rivalries work, right? Cause yeah. football is different. Like if I don't like him, I'm just gonna put my face mask on him and yeah. Yeah, we just gonna live life. Yeah. So for you, when when you're getting on that line or you guys are, are warming up, is there like a little tension? Do you walk right. by and give her a little shoulder just to let you know you're here? Yeah. I, <laughs> no shoulders at all. 
you will not see eye contact. You will not see a wave. Hello. Well, at least from me, I, I, I just like to be in my own zone. You won't even, we won't talk anywhere. There are some athletes who do communicate prior to running, but I don't. I like to be in my own zone. I like to just focus in on what I have to do. Afterwards, we can say what's up, but <laughs> before then, no. Uh, Kaylee's definitely an amazing runner. And as we were talking about changing the, the sport um, on the women's side or just overall, us two being really young athletes and also pushing the, I guess, the storyline of the 800 right now is definitely super important. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate her for just having that grit and having that, you know, that drive to try to try and make a difference in it because it's been years since you've really seen the 800 be a popular event. Yeah. Now we're always the last event you know, the showcase event, which is like insane. Um, so it's just nice to have someone else who's also eager to to make a difference and push one another to be good. But no, our rivals in track are, are, aren't are so tense, <laughs> intense. <laughs> what are the things you do to get in your zone uh, prior to a race? Um, I want to say this. The last time I ran track was in high school and I would eat anything, maybe an hour, and even an hour before my event. Like, how does an elite level athlete or a world champion prepare for her big race? Yeah, so every professional or track athlete is different. You know, it's so individual. Everyone has their different, different routines. I, you know, surprisingly, I am the most easygoing. I'm the most basic. I just want to make sure that I have my time periods lined up for when I'm eating when I'm going to head to the track, when I'm gonna warm up, when I need to be at the call room, when I need to be stretching drills. So I think it's all about timing because we are called at certain point in times to be in different places. So make sure that you have your morning or your day lined up is definitely one of the things that I do. Um, I don't have any rituals because I'm, I'm just more of a go with the flow type of person, you know, every day you can't plan what's going to happen the day of a big competition or anything. So I don't like to overthink anything. I like to just kind of get there, be in the zone, be in the environment, uh, take it all in and just kind of go for it. You know what? I'm a, I was going to start my question with telling you about my track my career too. You get tired of that shit. When yeah. everybody want to talk about the old <laughs> shit they did, man, I was I did earlier. I ran the 300 hurdles. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really feel like everyone has run track. I really feel like everyone has run track. You know, that's the first thing that people, they always tell their own story whenever you're like, oh yeah, I run track. I'm sorry. It's okay. No. I'm used well, to it. You, know, I, you, know, I, you, you try to find the connection. Can't none of yeah. us run the 800 that fast? No. So we're like, yeah, you know, I ran, but we always tell you how bad we were so we can then compliment how great you are. <laughs> and it's hard to believe you ran a 300 meter hurdle. 300 meter hurdle. With those knees. Oh, no. There was Hell different knees no. back then. I didn't have the Kenny Smith knees back then. <laughs> he was strong knees back in the day. But I would, if you asked that question, I wouldn't need to go further. Because like you're saying, we all ran track. All but ran you track. are a world champion. Mm -hmm. what, do you, like, what goes through your mind before that gun goes mm. off? Every time I'm online, it's so different. You know, we have three rounds in the race. So the first round, I could just be like, yeah, let's just get this over and done with. Like, you know, bet. Second round, all right, let's get to the final. And then when I'm in the final, I'm like, all right, let's do what we've been doing, like lock in, you got this, make sure you get out. I feel like you kind of just go over your race plan, but it's never, never the same because I would say last year I was saying the same prayer in my head over and over and over again, just to kind of get my mind at ease because I was dealing with an injury. Um, but in Tokyo, I was singing a 
gospel song, just like excited to do this because I'm like, wow, I made it this far. Like, let's go for it. Mm -hmm. So I would say every every time you're online, it's different. You know, you're in a different environment. You're in a different position. There may be something wrong. You may be your best day, uh, but it's all all different. But I can say 100%, I'm always ready to go. You know, when you think about what you've already accomplished in the sport. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And I don't, I don't know if it works like this for track and field athletes. You know, when you're a rookie in football and you make mm -hmm. the Pro Bowl or you're on the all-rookie team, you're ready to take that next step. You know, next year I want to gain 1,500 yards. Next year I want to get 150 tackles. I want six picks. For you, you've won Olympic gold. You've won a world championship. I believe the record for the 800 was set in 1983. And it's the oldest standing <laughs> record in outdoor track and field. Is that ever a thought for you? Because when you start to win so much, you have to find another goal that says, you know what, today I got to get out on this track and give it everything I have because that's still out there. Do you ever think of trying to chase that record? 100%. Like, I feel like I just, this has been a new thought in the past couple of years because once again, I'm not into sport as much as I should be. And, but when I did see it and I've seen how long it is, once again, there is like no limit in track and field. You can go as far, you can go as long, you can go faster. There is no, there's no end to it. So after, you know, hitting all these fast times, it's like, okay, what now? And I truly believe that the record can be broken, just being fit, being in the right environment, you know, having a pacer or not having a pacer, just kind of having all the things put together. I definitely think it's it's able to be accomplished. And with the new generation of athletes, I right. think we're able to push one another into that super fast time. Here's what I would do if I was a track athlete, especially a female athlete, and I watched this show. I would be like, I can't stand her, <laughs> right? Because, you know, because you know, you know how it is. Every time we get a football player or base, so who did you look up to? Oh, I love this guy. And I had his pictures on my wall and I watched this. She's like, well, I really ain't really be tripping on track like that. So, <laughs> so what so happens true. is I'm faster than everybody else. And when we get out there, I just burned the piss out of her. <laughs> yeah, no, she was just the fastest kid of all time. She just ran around field day. I got a thing. I got you. Yeah, she, you're, you're, you're a very nonchalant world I champion. Just, I just, I don't know. I feel like I, that's just how I work best. I don't want to be like, oh yeah, I'm the world champion. Yeah, I'm the Olympic champion. Come at me. No, because like how, you know, I, no, I just, I can't imagine myself being like that. It's just, it's just too much. I just like to chill, go with the flow, just go out here and run. I'm working hard. So, I mean, we'll see what happens in the race, but I mean, I'm a push because I want to win. You know, yeah. I want this time. I want to go, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be too overbearing with it because I like to just chill while other people are probably, you know, over there or out of their mind. I don't know. I just feel like I work best when I'm just like so mellow and chill. I kind of snuck on your Instagram and I saw Brandon tiptoeing to give you a kiss. Oh my. 
Ooh. Is there a uh, wow. inch limit to your heels when you're going out? Absolutely inch, not. Five inch? Absolutely not. I have these Versace shoes. I have like three pairs, and they are, I don't even know, they're definitely over six inches. And I will wear them. I'm, he's just gonna, yeah, it's okay. How y'all gonna talk about this man like he ain't sitting back here? Even on his page, he said, short king, tall queen. He's oh, good. Okay, so they embrace it. wasn't a shot. He's so, embracing I mean, it. I'm, I'm gonna say, baby, three inches tonight. They say, oh boy, that run in Great Britain gonna be here. Let's not show oh, all. Right? Right. <laughs> oh, but we speaking about you have a you, you have a boyfriend. I do. He came with you, but with this fame, the <laughs> is the DMs going crazy from your way? I'm a young track star. I don't know if the DMs go crazy that way. Um, they're not. Well, they can be, but they're in like the. It's the request. Yeah, the ones that you like literally have to go find. Yeah, yeah that that's where all that stuff is. But and they be shooting at you. I mean, right in the comments too. I mean, they're, they they don't they're not. Uh, but they're all like some old men for whatever reason. Why, I, I don't... why you curl your face up when you said that? Like oh, that? Uh, well, I'm forty. I... <laughs> <laughs> Not y'all. Not y'all. But those those people. Yeah. <laughs> to have uh, two athletes, you know, in a relationship, uh, training, the dynamics, the makeup, supporting each other. How's that been like? It's been good. I would say on um, most of all, it's been good. I mean. We started back at AM, so kind of had a little bit of that as an experience, but now we're like toe in toe with every single thing we do, which is great. There are some days where I'm just like, this workout was so hard. I don't even want to hear any cheering. I just want to be like absolutely silenced. But of course, he's going to support me, and I'm like, ah. Please stop. But no, it's it's definitely really good overall. It's definitely good overall. Um, you know, it's just nice to have someone that's literally doing the same exact thing as you and, you know, planning and hoping, choosing their goals to be, you know, where you guys want to be in the future. You took time off to focus on the outdoor season. And you said that there's been different times in your life and throughout your career where you've had to make a decision of how you would proceed forward. What went into making that decision to focus on the outdoor season and take a little time, especially when you're on the sort of streak that you've been on? Track and field, we literally train for like 10 months out of the whole entire year. So that's so much time to kind of progress and, you know, work out. And some things may happen, whatever, you may need time off, et cetera. I just think when it comes to being in the position that I'm in and coming into a new training group, starting a new training regimen, there's a lot to adjust to. And there just, I don't think there was a ton of time to really get into it as much. And with our goal being the world championships in August, we have months, you know, to really get prepared and go out and show ourselves. But uh, it really wasn't the time in February. Yeah. So just want to prepare for- Smart. You know. We talked to people that, do, that have done everything. There's been Kevin Hart and there's Shaq and Ken Griffey and all of these guys. And, you keep mentioning in track, like there's always a next level. Mm -hmm. And we ask a lot of these people who are just successful humans, what's enough? You know, Stephen A is like, nothing's enough. Like I'm gonna work and work. Kevin, Kevin Hart, the, the same way. So for you, when is it going to be enough? And what's gonna tell you it's okay to hang the spikes up? Uh, <laughs> when I have no time to run track because I'm modeling too much. <laughs>
That's literally it. I mean, I don't know. Just checking off my goals. I checking off my goals. I think I am definitely happy with what I've done so far, but there are some more things that I want to get done. So if I do get a chance to accomplish these goals, like win a double at a world championships or, you know, whatever the case may be, I think realistically, because I know that there is something else I want to do, I would be okay with letting it go a little sooner than, you know, maybe someone else would. Uh, and because I've been running for so many years, um, then I believe that I would be absolutely fine with just taking the next step to do, you know, another career or, you know, be part of the sport as an ambassador or something. As a father, I wanted to ask you this. Whenever a kid is very successful, especially in baseball, my son's travel baseball. So if he's balling at 9U, they say, put him in 10U. Mm -hmm. You know, because the thought is you're a better competition, you'll play up to that competition. Yeah. He balls at 10U, they'll say, well, put him in 11U. And I would see as fast as you became what you were. I'm sure I've watched you race. Race grown women. Sometimes she be by herself at the end, so she's she not right. racing nobody. Hey, no. old ass up too. <laughs> oh, there she goes, the young one. <laughs> Look at her, she's up there. We're gonna get second, Vespa. Gonna get second. And I know that was happening to you as you keep you. You're dominating the girls your age, and they move you up. Then they you dominate, then they move you up faster. Yeah. There's like the psyche of that. You know, as a father, a son, and a daughter, I'm dealing with it. Like. Is it any point where you wanted to stay where you're dominant? Like, let me just dominate these girls. Why the hell do I have to race these grown I'm women great. now that I'm dominating them? Yeah, I mean, yes and no, because I, like, junior year of high school is when I started running with, with professionals. And I was never, I did not blow them out. There was one race that I did win, and that was, like, the U.S. 600 indoor, and I broke the American record. Wasn't trying to do all that. I just wanted the high school record. I broke the American oh, record. Accidentally, on an accident, I, I broke the record. <laughs> she does more than all of us put together. She doesn't care. No. <laughs> I just broke the world record, and you know. It just happened. <laughs> and then I went and got some ice cream. <laughs> I'm playing. <laughs> but during that time, I think that's later on in that year, I started to do it more and more and more. My summer was so filled. And I think maybe that was a point where I'm like, you know, I would love to just have fun with these high school people, you know? And it wasn't even just because of dominating. No, I just wanted to be in an environment that was similar to me. On the other hand, in college, I kind of was... He was already fascinated everybody already. Kind of came in with a heavy hand and kind of dominated a lot, um, but... When I did go to the professional point, I knew that there was going to be a lot more challenge. And I think it would have been fun to still be in college and still mm -hmm. be in this point where I could, you know, still be at top and still, you know, just win it all. But uh, yeah, definitely making those decisions and allowing yourself to grow because if I stay in there, where's the growth gonna come from? So I definitely think there were plenty of times where I wanted to just go back and just relax, but you know, you can't make any improvements if you're stagnant. So well, you encourage me to push push the kids as far as you as far as they can compete to keep pushing them. Yeah, as long as they're having fun. Because having fun is definitely super important. Because I will stop if I'm not having fun. If if you don't mind, we're gonna get a few pivot t-shirts made with kinda dominated. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think that can coexist. You're so humble. Oh, thanks. I mean I don't really I <laughs> Okay, let me ask you this. Do you remember, or was there a time, I don't know, the last time you didn't win? Um, oh yeah, I mean, this is easy. I 
this was in college. I mean, there were plenty of times where I didn't win, but the one experience that really stuck with me, especially in college freshman year, indoor season, I ran the 400 instead of the 800 at nationals. And unfortunately I lost my first race, one and only race out of the whole entire year that I lost. Um, that was, it was something. I was like kind of furious actually. Brandon says I said some words that I shouldn't have said, but I don't believe it. But um, So you blacked out? Uh, I mean, that's what he said, but I don't. You don't really. look like you did. Thank you. You're very okay, welcome. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> but who were um, you mad? Who were you cussing out? I wasn't cursing out anyone. I was just mad at the fact that I didn't win. Uh, so, but moving forward, I mean, I came back in the four x four and made sure that our team won. So, I guess when it comes to times in in you know taking L's, quote unquote L's, just got to make sure you come back uh, ten times stronger. So you, you run the you run the second leg in the four x four. Oh right? no, I anchored. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> He did that on purpose. He did that on purpose. He's a setup artist. When I listened to you, one, immediately when you started to speak, you could hear the maturity in your voice, in your tone, in the things that you've experienced. And then we ask certain questions, and you're 20 years old. How do you make peace with both of those all the time? Because you live this grown as hell life. 100%. Right? You're, you're out here in LA. You're an Olympic champion. You're, in a, you're a world champion. You are a brand. And in that too, like, you're still 20. And you mentioned, you know, yeah, it would be nice to still be in college. But mm -hmm. also, you're, you're running in high school and now you have to go face grown women. There's been that sort of struggle or battle of those two things coexisting your entire life. How do you make sure you keep the balance of that? Because you said if it's not if I'm not having fun, I don't want to do it yeah. anymore. What fun do you just have as a human? <laughs> yeah, like you're saying, sacrifice. You got to choose one or the other. You know, of course, I would love to still be in college and experience the college life and just be with people my age. But if I want to be better, if I want to be greater, I got to, you know, change things. I got to do things different. I need to work as a professional athlete. But finding that... Even middle, I mean, I just, I feel like I'm starting to learn some things I like to do. I love fashion. I love just dressing up, um, picking outfits, dressing up Brandon sometimes. Um, and I like to paint. Bob's painting, you know, I go and do some Bob's painting whenever I have time to just be, you know, be free. Uh, and now that I'm next to the beach, definitely had plenty of beaches in Jersey. So I do love the water, um, but I don't know. Overall, I think it's just finding things that you do like to do outside of the sport because the sport can get so heavy just because there's so much things that you have to do. It's, you know, you have to, again, it's a 24 seven thing. You know, your body is a 24 seven work in progress. So just making sure that you do all the things that you can outside of the sport to wholly fulfill yourself and, you know, make yourself whole and know what you like and just keep yourself at peace is definitely super important. That's definitely what I've been learning in the past two years. I did not know what to expect. Uh, you know, I knew it was an Olympic champion that was going to sit with us. I knew mm -hmm. that she was also extremely young. You have, in so many different ways, impressed me Aww. today. <laughs> Do not let anyone steal that light. And, you know, I know you keep saying that you're humble. You know, when you like kind of dominate, I don't know how humble that is, but. From Chan, Freddie T, and myself, just keep dominating and do not let anybody steal your shot. 100%. I really appreciate 
being here with y'all and definitely some good words of wisdom to have Thank when it comes so to me. Much. That was dope, though. Like, hey, she, she cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. That was awesome. Yeah, okay. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pinning it. I thought they hear the witness it. No more people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pinning it. I thought they hear the witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. Wanna miss you, get me up?